Hello and welcome to Podiatry Practice Mastery. My name is Don Pelto and I have Mr. Mike Baker here. Welcome, Mike. Pleasure to meet you. Thank you all for your time today. Yeah, thanks. So um, you tell me you've been in, uh, in kind of the healthcare industry for 20 years, working with different things, and you're kind of really excited about this new kind of opportunity here for, for podiatrists, for healthcare providers. So, so kind of tell me your story. Kind of, are you an entrepreneur? Kind of tell me your, your background in these things. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that. Thank you for letting me share more in regards to that. So I certainly have been in the healthcare space for 15 years or so, and there's always someone who presents something new, flashy, and shiny that seems to be a value, and then it tanks, or they're not able to follow through, or there's always a pitfall that has seemed to occur that hasn't been thoughtfully addressed. So because of that, I've learned through all of those ups and downs with various innovative technologies to ensure that when I make a presentation regarding an offering, that it's well thought out, it's innovative, it's not a commodity, but yet all of the aspects that need to be addressed, I have solid answers that I can relate to, to accomplish those objectives, to see everything through the end. So because of that, that's what has me excited about sharing what I am sharing with you here today. Well, so everyone's excited. So what are you going to share with us? What's the what's the exciting thing that you have? So right now, as as you know, there what what's not exciting is wounded fungus. We but it's exciting of being able to to be able to identify pathogens that are being sent out. Because currently, what's happening with podiatrists is, in most cases, if they don't already have their in office lab, they're sending out samples to reference labs, to LabCorp or to Quest. And by doing so, LabCorp and Quest is retaining all of that revenue. Um, by having your own in-office molecular lab, you're able to retain that revenue as opposed to sending that revenue out to the reference labs. Interesting. I think you're the second person I've talked to about this. And for, like, you know, with anything, it's about seven contacts, right? Before, yeah. before you, you turn on something. So let's, let's kind of tell me uh, about this. Tell me about the common objections that doctors have, kind of some revenue numbers. Like I, I just, I'm just telling you the conversation in my head and I'm very open. I think yeah, gosh, I can hardly keep my staff occupied like seeing my patients and I'm so short on staff how can I do something else and do I have space and and is it going to be a pain or you know will it be great so tell me a little bit about that I love everything that you just shared and, and I think those are some of the key differentiators in this space that I think that um, that your audience will find beneficial so on the onset it sounds exciting and appealing that by doing five tests a day can easily generate a net revenue. And we have ways to back this up to authenticate it, but to just put a revenue example in place. So if you're, if a practice is doing roughly a hundred tests a month of doing wound and fungal, you're talking about generating between 25 and $35,000 in net profit to the practice. Per month. So, that, okay. so that usually sounds appealing. And then when you start pulling back the envelope, it's like, how do I get there? You know, what, what's involved with setting up a lab? What are the expenses? What are the pitfalls in regards to that? So what this solution does is it handles in a turnkey mindset for a practice. Everyone's too busy to manage what's happening within CLIA. And the CLIA setup process can be done. So CLIA. So what CLIA is, is it's the designation that you need to have to be able to have your own in-office lab. Okay. It's a 
And without CLIA, you're not able to retain revenue for your practice. So having the CLIA designation and CLIA process completely handled is critical to being able to have any type of lab. So what we do, it's within the aspect that's, that's within the inclusion of the setup process is we handle that process. If any of your audience members have ever tried to apply for CLIA and they have not been able to get it, they don't even know why they didn't get it. It's just rejected. And so it's, we, it's, it's kind of like the same thing for us applying for like when you start out getting hospital privileges, DEAs, but more, more likely it's like getting a DME license. Like it's one of those things you have to get yeah, in all the dots and you have to do everything right. And if you've never done it before, it's kind of a challenge. You guys have a turnkey system for that. Okay. Yeah. And, and not only that, we're able to get that done within three weeks. In most cases, there's a couple states that are that take a little bit longer, but on the on the most cases, we're able to get the full CLIA license set up within three weeks, which is critical to know. And so that's one of the elements that has really held back podiatrists from moving forward into this space is that setup process. The other component that is interesting is that once you have the CLIA, who's going to staff it? How are you going to manage it? How are you going to interview the people? How are you going to hire them? And how do those components work? So what we do is not only do we set up the lab for the practice, there's documentation that needs to be prepared. So we prepare all of the documents that need to be handled and prepared in order to have that CLIA designation, which again is to be able to enable the practice to be able to retain that revenue. So, and, and I've been sharing revenue and the setup, but there's so many clinical value points as well that I'll hit on here shortly. But in regards to the the objections, I just want to get those right out of the way, the elephant in the room, so to speak. So the other issue is, how are you going to staff these, these, um, these labs? So we have a full staffing division that will actually go out and interview people and present mm -hmm. to the practice candidates for that, for that position. And so there's, there's a number of roles that need to be handled for the CLIA designation we manage all of those roles for the practice. And most of those are done remotely. So two of the roles can be done remotely because, and, and two of the roles can be done in the office of the practice. That can be done by one person. So we present the candidates for them to be able to manage that aspect of their practice. So that part of the hiring and the staffing and being able to set up all of the components is completely done. The, the other component that, is, that has been a hindrance from the people that I've been speaking to is how are you going to source the equipment and how are you going to validate the equipment and where are you gonna get the equipment from? So we actually are the largest buyer for some of the major equipment companies in the country. One of them, Thermo Fisher, for example. So we will secure the, the equipment then what we do is we'll validate that equipment, which is another barrier because validation, some of your audience could have been extremely expensive, length, lengthy process. We do it at cost. So just to put that part of the cost in perspective, if you would go to Thermo Official directly, they would charge you about $40,000 to validate each specific test that you would be doing. And there's a number of them that your, your practices can do. Ours is 5,000 per panel. So basically the wound, panels, $5,000, and it takes a week. To be able to do the fungal panels is $5,000, and that takes a week, and they can be done simultaneously. So not only are their costs being done at cost, it's done in a, in a way to be able to be effective and, and timely. So the good news regarding this process is that this, this process typically can take 90 days, 
and give or take a week or two on each side. So the question is, once what happens with the revenue, with the costs and all of those components? So two things that we've been able to handle. One is as soon as the, the practice gets their CLIA designation, we have a reference lab in Alabama that, that the practices are allowed to send samples to while the lab setup process is, is occurring, the complete cycle. So practices can start earning revenue within mm -hmm. about a month. That's a good idea. So that way it can help offset some of the upfront expenses. The other, the other aspect to do that is the financing component. So we provide, we have financing options for, for the practices. So the, the scary number is what it will take to get the lab set up. And it typically will take about give or take the 80,000, between 70 and 80,000 to get the lab fully set up. Yeah. So that's, that's what the upfront expense would be. Now, now with that, the financing that we believes in this solution so much that for the first 90 days, they only charge $29 a month. So for the first 90 days, if, if the practice is doing 100 tests a month, they should have more than enough to be able to cover all of the front end expenses in, in the first 90 days to be able to handle the loan. They certainly don't have to pay that off and there's not an early penalty for that, but that's just regarding the lab setup process. What, we're really a supply company. We do those components to be able to, in order for us to be able to provide the, the supplies, you have to have a lab and you have to have it, have to get it set up. So we provide all of those components for our clients. So if a client already has a lab set up, there's even value added components that we can bring to them if they, if that's already in place because of the way this product is set up. So, so let's say now you have the lab set up. So now, and you're okay, the revenue is starting to flow from the reference lab. What are you going to do within your practice? Because the questions I've been hearing from podiatrists that they love to hear is that it, the panels are structured so that there, that there aren't, there's, there's no waste. And what I mean by that is when you run a test, it comes on a series of wells. And so if you don't use that entire plate of about 89 wells, which is like seven or eight tests, um, you waste it. So you have, you have to make a choice. Am I going to, to use this so that I can get my patient the results that they need and identifying these multiple pathogens within an hour before they leave the practice to get them on the right antibiotics? Or do I wait until I fill up the panel before I do the test? That's the struggle that people have. But with us, they're tearaway plates. I know that seems simple, but no one on the planet does a tearaway plate. So that is a big key differentiator in the planet. The, the second key differentiator is that the plates are fully prepared. So what that means is that you don't have to have expensive reagents that are there and your and the staff that's there doesn't have to spend their time preparing the samples before they add the specimen of the patient, which can take about 45 minutes to do that component. All of the plates and panels are fully prepared. All they have to do is to put the toenail clipping or whatever it might be into the sample, run it, and it's done in an hour. That's it. No one else on the planet has fully prepared plates. So that reduces the amount of time and staff that, that you would need to staff it, and it's completely done. Hmm. So the and, number... Go ahead. Go ahead. And the other comp the component is the number of pathogens that are identified. So we typically double or triple the number of pathogens that are being identified for the for the panel. So for example, our wound panel is identifying 18 different path pathogens and seven different antibiotic resistance markers. 
And then on the fungal side, we're, we're also identifying 25 um, different pathogens. So in, in comparison, when someone is sending out a test to do um, culture and sensitivity, what happens, and this is why Medicare, it's great for Medicare, it's great for Medicaid, even though the reimbursements are solid, because it saves Medicare money. And the reason why, when you're sending out these samples to do culture and sensitivity, it's going to only identify the dominant pathogen. So when you're, so sometimes it can be tricky and it takes multiple tests to identify what's really going on with the patient. When you do molecular PCR testing, it's identifying all of these pathogens simultaneously. So regardless if there's a dominant pathogen or not, you're going to see all of the pathogens. And why that's important, especially in wound, is you're now going to know which antibiotic resistance markers are in place and it will tell you which, which antibiotics not to prescribe to the patient. Um, within an hour of doing that test. Interesting. And, and now these now these uh, tests. Who does like uh, we usually get like a pathology report or whatever a lab report. Who does that? So your your lab tech will run a report for you immediately as soon as that lab that those results are completed. So you're going to know within a, within an hour. So they'll print the report and we can put it to the chart and stuff like that, right? Yes, sir. Wow. So I I think this is kind of a, a front edge type technology. It sounds like it. So from, from the sounds of it, it's, it's kind of like we buy, we buy the kind of like the razor handle. You guys have the razor heads and, and you're helping teach me how to shave. And, and that's the benefit, right? So we'll buy them from yeah. you type of a thing. And you have a, you have a, the best system around, maybe a little bit more expensive, but they can snap off. Exactly. That's, that's kind of what I'm hearing from you. There's really two things that are important. And that is what we're seeing with the labs is if they're not doing 100 tests a month and they're doing 85 or, or 90, that's still okay. Because what we're seeing is that now you have more, and there's, there's certain things that we need to be sensitive of. But when you have the ability to test and do it quicker, you're going to increase your testing a little bit just because of operation, operationally. But, but what I'm trying to say is, is that the, the two pitfalls that can happen is if a client is not doing 80 to 100 tests a month, because if you're doing that number, you're always going to be profitable. A typical doctor. So how many doctor office practice? That's going to be probably a three or four doctor practice, right? To get, to get that. Or a, or a smaller practice that has a lot of nursing home patients. So okay. I've seen, I've seen that happen with some of my podiatrists who have a lot of rounds in nursing homes. So because of that, they have a lot of, lot of opportunities there. So that's interesting. Hmm. So, so the, yeah, the number of podiatrists has not been the indicator. It's, it's really been different. Um, but I would have to say what you shared is about, is a good fair number with what that looks to be. Um, the second thing is um, to ensure that the billing is done accurately. And, and oh, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. So recurrently, I use a couple of different labs. We switched recently and I, I, I basically do the nail trimming, I send it off. Um, I don't do many wound cultures, frankly, but I do more nail stuff when they come in before I put them on an oral antifungal, I just want to verify it. So I send it out. They do everything occasionally, like some insurances don't cover it. It used to be an issue in the past, but do you have to get, do you do the same, our same billing department uses, does that? Is that how it is? Or So we actually recommend, and 
and, and it's up to the control of the practice, but we want to optimize success for the practices. So we like them to start with one of our, our billing partners mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who are experts in this field. So what we do is we prepare a customized performer for them so that they can see what are the upfront expenses that I need to to address? What are the ongoing expenses that are going to be there, including staffing, including billing, including some miscellaneous expenses that might be a part of that? And then what's my monthly revenue look like taken into all of those accounts so that you can see what the return on investment would be? But having, having there's really only two ways you're going to fail. And that is the number of tests that are presented have not been accurate or there's issues with billing. So we solve that problem by having the best billing company in the country to manage any aspect of that for you. So if it's billed correctly and the numbers, everything works beautifully. So, so we, how we address big is the machine? Is it like a huge machine? Is it one machine? Is it like a microwave oven? What does it look like? I would say it's a little bit bigger than maybe like a bigger convection oven type of setup. That you that that you need um, the one the one thing that you did mention earlier and I didn't answer that that part of it yet is the space requirement that that you would need and it's a minimal space a smaller a smaller exam room is completely fine to be able to manage that and as long as it has a door for CLIA purposes it has to have a door and a smaller smaller size exam room completely works works fine for that. So there's a table that you need to have. There's a couple machines and a computer for the reporting and those pieces of it. But those are all even included in the in the quote of the setup pricing that I shared with you earlier. Interesting, interesting. So, so tell me some of the experience of some of the customers or some of the, the practices that have been using it, some of your experience. So what, I, what I'm hearing more than anything is that um, they, they'll want to put a lab in one of their locations and then they're couriering it out to some of the other locations to be able to do it. So that if you have a, a practice with three or four podiatrists, they don't have to have a lab in each one of those locations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can use one lab to be able to manage that, that, that aspect of it. And, and the lab can only be used for your NPI number. So okay. you can't, you can't use that for anyone else. I, I think the feedback that I'm getting that's been receptive is they love that they don't have waste. That's been the biggest deal. Yes. So they can test when they want to test without having to waste it. And, and I think like the trend. So for example, if you kind of, I always like to look at other similar areas, like a big trend as I've been talking to other bigger practices is they're doing like in, in, in group MRIs, right? You're seeing like, you're probably like your best, I'm, we're talking marketing and sales here, but your best yeah. niche would be other offices that have in-office MRI already. Why? Because they have enough patients to feed that MRI. They have enough, you know, they're used to doing in-office stuff. And so this would be a, a great adjunct to that. So find out, I'm just kind of giving you some ideas who has in-office yeah. MRIs or find an in-office MRI company and say, hey, can I, can I have your, your customer list and we'll kind of work on them together? Because Great. I think that's going to be, you're going to have a sweet spot because people that are already doing that, maybe already doing DME, you know, certain things like that, they're already used to doing some of these other things. But this is really at, kind of at the forefront, in my opinion, maybe has it already been done? And like, you know, I would think who would do it more would be like dermatologists and, uh, you know, plastic. I don't know who, who, who kind of was at the forefront of doing this as a podiatrist no. or there other professions that are doing it. 
So, yes, absolutely. And so um, the key markets of success, believe it or not, is podiatry. Some some of our best clients have been on our plan for a few years and they love it. And um, it's been very successful for them. But that's urgent care. It's great because some of the panels that we're doing, we also do respiratory panels. Mm -hmm. We do COVID panels. Mm -hmm. We do um, some other Oh, you guys do the rapid STD. COVID thingies? The rapid yes. COVID things? No, well, it's molecular PCR COVID. Yeah, so. but those are the quick ones. The, the, the ones that usually, if you send them out to take a long time, but if, if they have the machine, that must be your type of machine in the office. They can do it yes. within an hour. Okay, yes. that's, that's, your, that's your thing. Okay, cool. Yes, so, there's a, so we have various panels that works. For, so primary care markets work well for us as well. Hmm. So primary care, urgent care, podiatry, anyone that's in the respiratory field, and reference labs that are already in place because we're able to help them become more efficient and save expenses mm. because of using our technology. Having the plates completely done is a really big deal. Um, it saves them an incredible amount of expense to be able to have those reagents that they need to have in the time and preparing those panels. It's extremely expensive. So so on a, let's just say you're doing a, a fungal plan on a panel, right? The reimbursement for Medicare is roughly about $720, somewhere in that, that area to be able to do it. So that's how, and Medicaid's a little bit less depending on where those different components are. So some, so you may have the question, and this has come up to me, and that is some of the feedback, because we're being transparent. We're looking to have long-term relationships with our clients. They need to have appropriate representations. So you may have a, a client that says, I don't think I want to handle a high EOB like that with my commercial clients. So what am I going to do with those? Well, you can continue to send them out the way that you are right now. It's really up to them on how they would want to manage those patients in that series where they are with their deductible and their co-insurance. Yeah. So what do the other places do? The other labs that I'm currently sending to, let's say beginning of January 1st, everything turns over. They got yeah. the high deductible. Do the, the patients get like a $700 bill from, from Blue Cross or from Tufts or something like that? They're getting billed, yeah, depending on the type of testing. They're billing that and managing that, but that's that's the Medicare reimbursement for doing doing those examples. So it, it really is crazy that that much revenue is going out the doors that you could be retaining for your practices. I would just think I would get more, I just think in my, in my head, the conversation in my head is, I think I would get more complaints of private, not Medicare, because no one, they maybe look at the EOB, but they don't complain, but it's more the private ones that they have the $5,000 deductibles. Because I see like when I go and get my blood drawn or my wife or my kids and we have these high deductible plans, I'm, I'm pretty much paying for it. And so um, do they do they cut the bill down? Do they or do they did the, they just pay it or, you know, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, all I can tell you is that they're managing all of the billing and those aspects of it. Mm -hmm. So Medicare is reimbursing reimbursing what Medicare is reimbursing for that. But then so, the other ones, they're reimbursing what they reimburse because they always exactly. cut it down by about 50%. So if you bill seven, then you might get 300. And then, you know, probably Medicare doesn't, but the other ones do. So and, and what we And what we like to do on the onset with our clients before they even get started is we'll work with them to understand what their payer mix is. What does that look like for them? And help them to understand what that could be for them for, for all of their patients so that I, they can have a full picture. Yeah, I, I really like... Uh, so, so this podcast is primarily for entrepreneurs. And so, Mike, what I like about this conversation is you guys are a supply company. And so what you've done is you've kind of entrepreneurially increased your demand 
So whenever you have your supplies, you have either the before or the after. And so mm -hmm. what you did is you just increased the funnel before by helping people do their own little thing, being entrepreneurs versus just trying to find more people that already have the machines that you can sell supplies to. And so I always try to think of where, where else, and, I, and I'm just, for those that are listening, I like to think about this. So for example, currently for podiatry, what I think the future as well and some other industries are, you know, currently orthotic companies. Mm. I think in the future, we're going to scan for orthotics. We're going to have a printer. You guys are going to provide us a, you're going to provide us the, the plastic. Yeah. Okay? yeah. I have my own printer. You're going to have a, a better plastic than other people and maybe a better scanner and better alterations. And I'm going to have those babies just printing out, printing out, and we're buying the plastic from you. So I think there's other areas that we can see this, this kind of happening in the industry. So I appreciate you kind of explaining it uh, to me. I'm going to put your, your information here underneath this, this video. And, uh, and then, then we'll kind of, if anyone's interested, I'll put it underneath there. So thank you. No, I appreciate your time. And you, you can always expect a full, transparent, authentic discussion. So yeah. Great. Appreciate your time. I think this is uh, very beneficial. And uh, what, is there a, a website that's the best place to look at to learn more? Um, well, I can give you my contact information and then yeah, okay. Molecular Lab Partners. You could go to that website, molecularlabpartners.com, and, and then you'll be able to find some good background information there. But hopefully your listeners will, will go through us to be able to manage them through the process. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Bye.